Good morning. Welcome to this continuing look at Paul's letter to the Colossians. This letter was written uh, by Paul to encourage the church at Colossae, to encourage them primarily to recognize the deity of Christ. That is, that Jesus Christ, the man, was also fully God that he was exactly who he said he was, and he accomplished exactly what he said he would accomplish. And to encourage them not to buy into the lie of trying to make Jesus something less than who he was, who he is, who he will be. So let's pray, and then we'll read these verses, starting with uh, Colossians 4, verse 2, to the end of that chapter. Heavenly Father, help us to hear and see and receive what you have for us. May we be changed forever as your living word collides with our heart and the Holy Spirit opens our understanding to see and receive what you have for us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychius will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that we may encourage your hearts. And with Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you all greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Heropolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains Grace be with you. As we can see from the text, Paul is clearly writing from prison. He is encouraging them and he's encouraging us 
to continue steadfastly in prayer. That is to labor at prayer. And prayer is a labor. And why is that? It is because the enemy does not want us to pray. Prayer is the front line of defense and attack in God's economy. It's what God calls us to do over and over and over throughout Scripture. We see the importance of prayer and the power of prayer. God is using prayer to change us, to transform us into the people he's called us to be. And as we are transformed, then the world around us is impacted. That's God's goal, is to see us transformed into Christ's likeness and to see us impact the world around us because of Christ in us. So he said, continue steadfastly in prayer. This is a a command that we must pray and that we must pray regularly and we must pray steadfastly that he is not giving up, not giving in. Prayer is hard work, but it is the work that we're called to and it's the work that we're required to do. He said, be watchful in prayer with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be a big part of our prayer life because we can give thanks for rest, for light, for water, for breath, for heartbeat, for salvation, for growing maturity in Christ, for the Word of God, for the Holy Spirit of God, for Christ's uh, sacrifice for us, the gospel, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for the opportunity. We go on and on and on, the things that we can and must give thanks for. And Paul said, at the same time, pray also for us. Pray for those in prison. Did he he pray for God to open the door to let him out of prison? No, he didn't. He said that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. Paul is praying for his witness to be important and to be impactful in prison how how much more selfless can we get than to not pray that we would be released from prison knowing for sure that Paul had done nothing wrong for him to be imprisoned it was solely because of the gospel that he was in jail yet he didn't pray to be let out he prayed that that a door may be opened that he could declare the good news of the gospel. He's saying, as he said in another place in his letter to Rome, to the church at Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For in it the power of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And so he says that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. And so must we. We must spend so much time in prayer and in the word of God that we can declare the word of God with clarity and with simplicity and straightforwardness. Then he says, how they should live, walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of your time. To walk in wisdom towards outsiders is to have the wisdom of God. In in uh, 
Proverbs 1, 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so we're called to, to live in wisdom, uh, the wisdom of God, and that that should be evident to others, to outsiders, to see that we truly are in Christ. We're not just a group of religious people with a system of beliefs, but we are people who have been born again, who the wisdom of God is evident in our lives and how we live. I don't know about you, but I've got a long, long way to go in this regard, but I'm, I'm happy that God's at work, and I trust him to work all things together for good. He said, let your speech be always be gracious. We should be gracious when we speak to others. Our words should be grace to others. They should, they should be uh, greatly encouraged just to hear us speak, not because of us, but because of Christ in us seasoned with salt, the salt of the, of the power of the gospel and the truth of the gospel, and so that we may know how to answer each person, to answer them according to the word of God and the wisdom of God. And then he ends this letter by, by the rest of the verses where he's telling us about his relationship with other Christians, so powerful. He starts off, he says, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He's a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord. Do we brag on our brothers and sisters in Christ? Do we encourage them in this way? And do they see this in us so that they may be encouraged? He said, hey, I sent him to you for this very purpose that you may know that we're doing well. We're in prison, but don't worry about us. We're doing well we're proclaiming the good news of Jesus and that he may encourage your hearts are our hearts encouraged when we hear of others proclaiming the good news of Christ around the world we certainly should be I am he says and with him Onesimus our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you they will tell you of everything that has taken place here then he changes. He said, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you. They're, they're sending greetings. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, uh, and he's sending greetings. And Justice is sending greetings. He said, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. And they have been a comfort to me. Are we a comfort to one another? Who are you comforting and who are you comforted by? That should be a big part of the body of Christ. We should be a comfort and we should be comforted by others. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, who sees his life as a life of service, greets you. He is always struggling on your behalf in his prayers. That is, he's praying fervently. He's praying hard for you. Who are we praying hard for and who is praying hard for us? That you may stand mature and fully assured in the will of God. That's what God's goal is for us, not just to be saved, but to be mature in our Christian faith to grow and mature in our knowledge and, and the walking daily of the life of following Christ. And he says, I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Heropolis. 
Luke, the beloved physician, uh, greets you, as does Demas. He said, Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Apparently a woman who had her house available to be used as a church. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and read the letter that's from them. In other words, let's share the good news and let's encourage one another with us. And see that you uh, fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. What is that ministry? To proclaim the good news, to grow up in Christ, to live a life of prayer, to live a life of service, to be encouragers, to be encouraged by, to follow hard after Christ. Paul said, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. He wasn't moaning about his chains with which he's held. He's letting us know that he's all in for Jesus and that we also should be. And the grace of God that's with us will enable us to live that sort of life, that Christ-centered life. Amen. God bless you. Be encouraged in Christ. Amen.